0: I'm your host, Jen Ramsey. As a coach with a love for metaphysics, science, spirituality, and strategies that get results, I'll help you step away from self-doubt and create a powerful new story for your life, business, or career. Join me. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Your Freedom Unlimited with me, Jen Ramsey. And this week, I am so excited to be welcoming to the podcast a very dear friend of mine and an amazing artist, Lisa Sharp from the United Kingdom. Lisa has been involved in the world of art and design for more than three decades. She's an award winning silk shoe designer. I can't wait to hear about that. And she did that in her 20s, and then she went on to study art and work for several art galleries. In 2006, she decided to run her own business as a contemporary art dealer, and in 2014, focused on painting pretty much full time in her studio in the beautiful Hampshire countryside. Lisa has exhibited in London, Zurich and Dubai, and her works are are in private collections in the UK, the USA, the UAE, France, Switzerland and Singapore. So, Lisa, welcome to Your Freedom Unlimited, and thank you so much for
1: spending your time with us here today. Thank you, Jen. Good to be here.
0: Yeah, it's so great to have you, Lisa. So, Lisa, as I've said, Lisa and I have known each other for a little while now, and um, we really—I've been always fascinated by Lisa's work as an artist. Um, Lisa knows that I'm a—I'm a bit of a weekend hacker in the art department, so I enjoy just making, with, working with a bit of color and so on. But Lisa is a professional artist in her own right. But what I'd love to hear now, Lisa, is some of your own backstory. So, a little bit of your journey to. What brought you here right now to this point of this conversation?
1: This precise moment is exactly where we are now or the whole, the whole history, the whole history.
0: So the whole journey of your, your, your history of your, um, of your, of your, I guess, of your life that's brought you here to, to really being, be working with art full time and working yeah. with art and colour so beautifully.
1: So I think even since, you know, even as a child, I was always making things. That was always my thing and um it's whether it would be scrapbooks um my mother used to have vogue every month and i would cut up pieces of um the magazine and put in scrapbooks so i sort of you know made scrapbooks when i was like sort of i don't know, six seven eight nine i would always make things i would i live by the sea i would pick up stones and i would paint them and make faces on them and you know i would always do we always making 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 my thing always was about craft and making things and um and then I I wanted to be a fashion my thing was what you know what do you want to be um I wanted to be a fashion designer and um but you know as life sort of goes on um I wanted to go to art school but I had chosen to do it's a long story but basically I had chosen to do cookery <laughs> rather than art when I was at boarding school, because I decided that actually, one, I really liked um, cooking and eating food. But secondly, even at that stage, I was starting to think that there were others who were better than me at art. And so even at that stage, I was thinking, oh, I couldn't possibly be as good as so-and-so. Um, and now looking back with hindsight, you know, they're not even doing the art. But the point is that I then went on to do A-levels. I then took art back up again. Fantastic. I couldn't, gi- I couldn't give it up, you know, but I, it was something I couldn't push away. So I went to A-level school, you know, A-level another um, school and then did um, art again. But then I tried to go to art school on um, getting in on O-level art, which, of course, you couldn't do. You had to have A-level art. And um, so it never sort of left me. It was always there. It was always niggling. So I went into um, art in various ways. Um, I um, got married at 21 and I moved to Hong Kong. And then that's when I started my silk shoe business. So that took me into color and design. So it was all about the colors of the silks. And that was really sort of, that was a stepping stone into sort of art and design.
0: Wow. Um, and I might just, yeah, what, a, what, a, what, a, what a fascinating journey so, so far in terms of that having that desire and that love for art but holding yourself back from it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Judging myself at that stage, mm. I know. I know. Shocking if I look back now. Yeah. Well, it's
0: something we all do, you know, and it's something I've talked about a lot on this podcast is we've got to be so aware of the stories that we tell ourselves and, um, and I understand I've done that exact same thing that you are talking about myself in terms of comparing myself to others in my chosen field and thinking, oh, I'm, I'm not good enough or I couldn't be as good as, as them and so on and so forth. And the bottom line is, is as you and I both know now, is that there's an abundance for everybody and, and, you know, your work's going to resonate with people that that other people's artwork will never resonate. So there's, there's a space and a place for everyone. But when we're younger, we don't yeah. necessarily understand that and um but you did pursue it though you you kept going back to it as you said in your a-levels and then you pursued it and you went to hong kong and got into the silk shoe business let's just talk a bit about that i mean that's a fascinating area you've gone to hong kong so i'm assuming there's a lot of chinese influence a lot of art influence there from the from the east how did you get into it what what happened there
1: Well, basically, I suppose in a way, I was sort of, didn't know, I sort of decided when I would got married, I couldn't find the silk shoes that I'd wanted. And um, I was, I basically obviously loved silk. I had this thing about silk and because of going back to fashion and design and everything else, and then the colors were just amazing. And I, you know, I didn't know what not, you know, age, you know, 21, which was like, you know. know how many years ago 30 odd years you know 30 something years ago but i couldn't i didn't know what the word entrepreneur was i didn't know but i realized that basically i had wanted silk shoes made up in the same silk as my wedding dress and i couldn't buy them and so then when i came across all these arrays of silk i was thinking oh my goodness can you imagine having all these brightly beautiful you know handmade shoes well they weren't i didn't know that they'd be handmade so we started off having them factory made um, in Hong Kong and brought some back as samples, um, but the quality wasn't very good. Um, so then I um, had them all handmade in the UK. So I then moved back later, moved back within a couple of years, moved back to UK and had them all handmade in the UK because just one by one. Um, so that's really my way, not, not consciously about the fashion, but it was more again i think it goes back to colour it was about the textures and colours of the silk and that's that was what really fascinated me
0: yes this i mean yes i think when you're into colour and texture and and design any any format is a, is a great way to actually you know to 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 work with it isn't it and shoes are so practical and i have to say to you i here in australia i'm i'm, some, I'm always looking for good shoes or interesting shoes and sometimes you can't always find them so how beautiful that you just said right. Well, I'm going to make them, and so you won an
1: award. Tell us, can you
0: tell us a bit about that?
1: Yeah, um, in and then in 1986, when um, the Duke and Duchess of York got married, I made the bridesmaids' shoes for their royal wedding. So I was yeah, it was pretty high profile at the time um, that I was um, made. I was the bride of the year that followed and I worked with the couture designers at the time so I mean I think there's a lot there's a lot to be said for being naive (laughs) and this is you know and you just go for it um and the this was all pre-internet pre-mobile phones you know it was all literally magazines newspapers so Vogue and um, all the Condé Nast magazines would be using my shoes and things, fashion shoes. So yes, and I won, I won, not won, but I, you know, I got the thing to to make the bridesmaids' shoes at very short notice. So it was quite a big thing secret, keeping the colour of the dresses and the silk, you know, keeping all that quiet, because it was all, you know, the newspapers are after any scraps digging in you know, dustbins trying to find out, you know, what the colour of the dress, the bridesmaids dresses were going to be and all that sort of type thing. So from then I went on, I was carrying on designing and um, I won a Condé Nast award um, for best um, accessory designer. Um, And it was a fabulous. Tiffany cut glass award for designer, you know, accessory designer of the year.
0: Lisa, what so, an amazing, what an amazing story! I, I I'd yeah. I'd never heard this story, and what a fantastic yeah. story! But and keeping the secret of the of the shoes, yeah, yeah. this just is just stuff that dreams are made of. In term from yeah. a business perspective, how how amazing is that? So yeah. very successful in, in that space. Yeah. So what made you then move on?
1: Well, that it was really interesting. I was actually um, it was, it was really I was married to my husband was in the army. And it was a really tricky thing to manage a business in London and move around. And we were basically moving every year, every couple of years. And that if the two weren't really get. I wasn't able to give it full enough time to just really hone in on it. Mm. Um, I was also asked, there was something we have here, sort of Richard and Judy, Um, I was asked to be on their, I think it was Good Morning show, anyway, you know, it was a really big deal, sort of, you know, good morning, high time TV, but I was actually quite shy, and I'm still reasonably shy, but, and so I was, so many things that maybe could have been my launch pad to even just bigger things, I was, I held myself back because I was too shy um, to sort of put myself out there, I suppose, Mm -hmm. Um, but most really really the two at one point it was sort of my husband was his army career and that sort of type thing and the two just weren't really fitting we were living in I was sort of living part-time in London and part-time in the north of England Mm -hmm. and um, and so I just made that decision that um, that that's what I was going to do I mean you know with hindsight now, I think maybe, you know, and, and yeah, this will make you laugh, this the original Jimmy Choo, okay, not as it is now, but the original, when Jimmy Choo was making his shoes, you know, he came up to me once and said, I really admire what you're doing, you know, sort of type thing, you know, and that's when he was just starting out. Wow, So, so it takes you back in time. Um, so it was, it was just, you know, it was an adventure. Um, and it was fun um, and it was different. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And maybe again, again, going back, maybe it's something I suppressed myself on sort of, you know, I think there probably is a little bit of a pattern where I sort of sometimes have done that in the past and now, and now I don't. But um, so, yeah.
0: Yes. Well, yeah. we all have, and look, we all, it's, the, I think life also comes in waves, doesn't it? And I'm, I'm assuming too, you would have been married, you would have been thinking about having a family, all of these things collide. And um, and I think also pre-internet and pre-mobile phone, life was just that much harder to navigate when you had to think about travel and a business and having children. I mean, I think we all struggle with this now. Imagine not having, the you know, the beauty of technology to support us and, and all the things that we do have to support us now. our life would have been much, dif- much different, you know
1: completely different when you're relying on like an answering machine for somebody to take your messages and not even a sophisticated answering machine like you might have now and it's sort of you know you put you weren't contactable and you had to you wanted to get your messages you know you had to go down to London to get to your answering machine to get to your messages sort of type thing Mm. it was it, it was very different um but it was in it was it was all it was all a really good learning curve and everything I see now has been a um a a, a stepping point. Everything is a stepping point. Absolutely. I think it was the right thing for me. Now, I don't regret a single thing. I mean, every single thing I would say has led me to the next step, to the next step. Um, So, and the reason for sharing sort of some of that stuff is to say that, you know, so it it sounds, it it may sound glamorous, you know, having been, you know, a silk shoe designer, an art dealer, you know, working galleries, an art dealer, an artist, but you know, in between that time, so that may seem like, oh wow, but the fact, the reality is, you know, I moved 21 times, moved house 21 times in 30 years, um, and lived in six different countries, and so there was a lot of time when I was sort of on my own either on my own or with the kids like for six months on my own my husband would be away for six months and operations and stuff and and everything had to juggle between that and I'm not saying that to be um uh whatever you know that it was tough yeah of course it was tough but it's to put the reality on it that good things or we can manage and I think it's about navigating and always looking, and even when you know so we were posted to Belgium, and I decided to um, consult. I bought a beautiful BMW. We bought a beautiful BMW out there, so I ended up consulting BMW on how to do military sales um, to people in the military. And you know, then when we were living in Germany, I um, decided to say, you know, I, I set up a selling excess stock um, for Kashmir amazing cashmere and I still bought the cashmere like you know years later and it's amazing so the fact is that I think that often th- people think life is linear or it has to be a certain way that there's a destination point but there isn't it's very much about weaving and flowing and just Going and just where you are taking an opportunity from that point, mm. and so there is no real destination point, it's all about just taking the journey and about just appreciating the moment and saying, Okay, I'm here now, what am I going to do with it? So, therefore, I was in Germany, you know, I had arrived in Germany um, with a four month old baby, you know, what do I do? You know, Andrew went off to Bosnia for six months, um, you know, it was it was a little bit shitty at times but then you just think okay you know what am I going to do I can sit around and mope around or I can get on and do something so I think that's has always been a reinvention
0: Mm. and
1: going back to the shoes you know if I'd stayed in that point well yeah sure I might have this and I might have that but that really wasn't what it was meant to be everything has to be a stepping stone and I think going back to what you're saying about me comparing myself to other people as a child is that i would say that the biggest thing all this comparison to other people is just like just don't do it Mm. because you just that's what kills us inside you know whatever it might be and so you have to just do what you can in the present moment so i think that's i think i was living in the present moment because i had to
0: Mm.
1: Um and that now I now choose to live in the present moment. So we don't waste time going back on regrets. I focus on what is and that's been my thing. So that's sort of yeah.
0: I just think it's you what a what a resourceful woman you've been to take to and to understand the value of living in that moment. And I think this is when you think about having a family, have moving all 21 times in all of those Mm -hmm. years, that that's it's just the maintenance, the administration of a family life. <laughs> that's it, exactly, yeah. Many, many women would have said, that's enough, I'm not going to do anything else. But you said, no, I'm going to do all of these other things as well and cars and cashmere and various other things. And I think what a, what a great lesson for all of us listening in terms of just, as you say, take, that, take what is available in the moment and then see how that can then best resonate with you. And it sounds like everything happened as it, as it needed to have and you and I completely agree everything in life is a stepping stone and you may well have found that the, the shoes five years on might have completely bored you or it might not have been the right thing anyway so it was a it was a natural progression
1: exactly and I think you have to be prepared to let go of stuff mm-hmm. and to understand that other people don't see it from your they don't they're not you anyway. and so people often say well why did you do that or why do that you know But that's, they don't get that. It's got to be you. So I think sometimes the biggest thing is actually stopping something just as much as starting something. I think that's part of it, you know. So that's,
0: you know. I really agree with that. And there's that saying, you know, you can't be on on the boat and on the jetty. And sometimes it is about letting go of the old to allow the new in. And 100%. And what I find fascinating about your story, and I'd like to continue to talk about that now, is that you you do you but you've had this this burning and this yearning for art throughout your life and it's and i'm 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 it feels to me like every job you pretty much you were doing was was related in some way to art or
1: design or you know mm.
0: that sort of connection. Yeah.
1: So, yeah because because even like if you take the bmw i mean you know they were beautiful cars you know i'm i'm not going to name other brands but you know it would not it had to be something that was aesthetically beautiful mm. and with the cashmere jumpers they were aesthetic they, they, the color they were again they were colors the cars were colors the cashmere was colors it was you know it was a texture it was a feeling the quality so everything has to be of that quality um, and color and design so it, it it weaves its way through again and again mm-hmm. um so yes and I came back and I worked um for art gallery and I, well I went back as a mature student then I did go to art school so I went to art school as a mature student um in my late 30s and um I went back and I actually had, well, I did a foundation course um, for a year and then I won a place to then do a full time degree. And actually, I decided that I would just crack on with um, just doing my own work. And so that sort of was happened. But I did actually then to to finish the circle, I did get into art school. (laughs) (laughs) so I did do my foundation course and I then did have a place to do degree but um it was a combination of us moving again and the boys being away at school and stuff that it was it just wasn't the right time but Mm. I just then wanted to get on get on with life I sort of felt that I'd sort of got to that place and just wanted to to move forward with it so yeah Mm. It was it was
0: it was high time at that point to do that. So you went to art school, yeah. you worked in galleries, and yeah. then in two thousand and six, you decided to run your own business as a as a contemporary art dealer. Um, what was the pull to move you to, into, into into then becoming an art dealer? What what happened there?
1: Well, it was basically actually um, what I found was that when I was with a gallery, um, I had um well there's two things that happened so so I'll just recap on one is that when there was a ga- when I was I had this sort of feeling is that when you're in a gallery you have to sell their set artists mm. but I would pass other galleries and go into other galleries and think oh my god you know I know so and so he'd love that oh what about that and that and that and so I had this going on um in the back of my mind that actually there was more to it that I didn't want to be limited by somebody else's choice. I actually was actually more about the client and the collector and what did they want and what fitted in with them rather, so it wasn't about me, I have this to sell to you. It's like, what fits you? What do you want to buy? What do you want to collect? And so that was quite a, that was one thing that was, um, had been sort of going through my mind while I was working with other art galleries. And the other thing is then happened was um, I was sort of forced. So it had been mulling. And then I basically I got forced into um, leaving the galleries because I had a massive burnout. Um, I'd got to the position in my life um, where I was pretending everything was okay, and it wasn't. And, um, you know, it was in a bad place and I was covering up and covering up and, you know, well it hold it all together and then one day I went to have my hair highlighted and my hairdresser said sorry can't highlight your hair your hair's falling out oh my gosh so I said thank you I'm leaving my job Mm. and so sometimes we have to be pushed so I would say don't wait for the wake-up call I had had calls before before that when um my doctor had signed me off for a few weeks of work just saying, you know, you need to break. Um, but this was, and then it was sort of, you know, the feeling was, oh, well, you know, keep going. We need the money type thing. And um, so it was staying for the wrong reasons yeah. and everything about my body was saying, I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until the hairdresser said that. So I then, so two things happened because I think out of something negative, something positive always happens. So, then I went to, um, I had like three hours free and I go, oh, what am I gonna do three hours? You know, I was meant to be having my hair done or whatever and I know nothing's happening. So I used to have um, reflexology um, at a really nice um, place. And I rang up and said, you know, can you do have, you know, appointments free? And she said, oh, well, I can do a hot stone. The regular person wasn't there, but somebody else said, well, I can do a hot stone massage. So I said, great, I'll take anything. Cause I just needed to just like think what the hell's just going on. Mm. Um, but during that session um it was incredible because that's when I saw energy for the first time
0: oh wow
1: so I was lying there having my hot therapy um hot you know the stones on me and um and the lady walked in having walked out I said can you see what I can see there's a like energy floating all around can you see the sort of like I I didn't call energy I said black smoke is it is like black smoke? Can you see it? Or, you know, woo, like that. And um, and she said, no, but if you can see it, that's great. Go with it. And basically that was the most powerful experience I've ever had. And I'll never forget it. And it was just like, there was a massive smoke energy just flowing all around. And I knew instantly that that was me taking back my power. Wow. And I knew, and as I'm talking to you now, I'm getting massive, um, you know, whooshes of sort of goosebumps mm. is that, um, I took back my power in that moment when, you know, when I said, thank you, I'm leaving my job. Yeah. Um, and so therefore, once you let go of something else, something else will come in. Absolutely. And, and that's what it is. And, you know, I, you know, sort of, you know, just thinking about it now, it was just like, boom, bam. And it was so powerful. And every single day since then I've seen energy. Um, sometimes I see it more than others, but I, you know, if I have a white, I have to have sort of like a white background. If I focus, I see it and something, you know, I forget it's there, but um, you know, and sometimes I think, oh, right. And then suddenly inside, even going out for a walk, I can see energy around me. I don't see other people's auras. It's just something to do with me. I don't I don't understand it fully, but it was that transition. So again, it was waiting, don't wait for the wake up call. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I suppose the next thing, cause you were you were asking about how did I then do, is then um, about, a, so my doctor then signed me off work. Um, and I then left to uh, left a month later, obviously I had to sort of give notice, but I didn't really go, ever go back. But on the last day of work, and this is what leads me into sort of, I'd already made the decision, well, I hadn't 100% about dealing, but the fact is this then leads me into art. On the day that I walked out of the gallery, there was a big red red double red, red double decker bus advertising a horror movie. And I just thought, oh, my God, that is so depressing (laughs) what I need and what somebody else needs is something is an uplifting message. So that somebody is going to actually not, and you know, I literally these thoughts went through my mind. Somebody's not going to top themselves today if they see an uplifting message that says, I believe in you, you got this, you can do this. And so bear in mind, this is like, you know, this is like 15, 16 years ago, and we're now much more into uplifting messages and talking about mental health. At that time, we weren't. Wow. And all my thing was, I could just see that all I wanted to do, have all the buses over London having this thing saying, I believe in you, it's going to be okay, just keep going. And so really that was something that has stayed with me forever. And that was always tinkering away in my brain about how can I get these messages out? How can I create a way? And that's how my art then came back into my head um but I carried on but I then set up as an art dealer because I didn't know how I was going to do it I wasn't in the right place at the right time to be doing it you know I I didn't I wasn't the right place just with me um and so I did what I knew and what I loved which was to be an art dealer um so I had like six months out um obviously um to get myself back on my feet again and um and then I basically set up as an art dealer um from scratch and um I purposely didn't try and take any of my old clients, you know, with me because I just didn't believe that was the right thing to do. Um, a few a few followed me, but they got in touch with me and that was great. Um, and basically I just set it up from scratch and worked with amazing artists. And I think the thing that's always been a con- constant has been good energy. Mm. So you know sorry you say i
0: was gonna say well you you stepped in and it, it's and it's fascinating that story about the energy the minute that you made the decision i mean that day in the hairdresser yeah. that i mean it's a very clear sign that when yeah. someone says i'm you know someone says i'm not going to color your hair because it's, it's falling out yeah. that's, a, that's you're right that's a pretty big wake-up call and yeah, exactly. um, good that you heated it very good that you hit it but and how amazing because yes i'm like you i get my hair colored and you do have a bit of time to fill if you don't have to get that uh yeah. get that. Exactly. <laughs> what a great choice to go and fill it with something so self-nurturing and so, so 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 self-nurturing. But how amazing that that you almost it was almost like you were walking through a portal or through a doorway, you said no, and then you went by saying no, you opened up to the yes, and then the universe sent you this incredible message that by the yeah. way, you are going to start seeing things, you're gonna see this energy. How and there's a few things I would like to talk about based on what you've just what you've just been saying, but when you saw the energy, you you saw that you were taking your power back. As you see the energy now, how do you how
1: do you relate to it? How do you um, how do you use it in your? In- I I just see it as a support as my as a support system. I just say hey thanks you know you're there. I see it as as two things. So. I see it as there is something more than what we can see, yep. I, you know, i.e. we have, there is an energy field, it does exist, because I can physically see it, mm, mm. Um, and as I said, I don't see anybody else, as I don't see yours, I don't see any of that, I just see there is something around me, it exists, mm. and so it shows me that there's something more than the physical, Beautiful. so there is. You know there is more to there is more to life and there's that so i see it as a like a great big blanket of support mm. um that we all that we all have around us mm. that we all have you know our guides and supporters helping us egging us on but often we're just not open to it or aware of it um you know and it's something like you know i wouldn't you know years ago i wouldn't have been talking about this years ago i had no idea what any you know say well, you are seeing energy well, what, what exactly can you see and so it's for me it's very comforting um I don't you I use I don't use it for anything I just respect it and just understand and I'm just really grateful I love that um, I, you love I love yeah. I
0: love I love that you say you see it as a support and nothing to be afraid of but more is this, this supporting blanket and oh yeah it's a, it's a proof point isn't it of of yeah. what is out there and you know as as um I do more research and study and I you know reading and more sci- and more scientific experiments are being done yes. to demonstrate the you know the fact that this energy is out there and, and um on an earlier episode i think it was episode 38 of the podcast i spoke with dr dean Radin from the chief he's the chief scientist of the institute of noetic sciences and i asked him on the podcast i said to him so you know does the science prove that the, is the science in on this he said jen it's been in for 30 years yeah when yes. are using the science to work out how it actually works so um but beautiful that you can have that that really lovely confirmation and sharing this today can can you know others can hear that that sort of that confirmation Mm -hmm. and that that's possible as well I also love the fact that you the interpretation of the horror movie on the side of the bus I mean there could have been many different ways you could have taken that but this idea of uplifting and some positive messaging for the for the community you know for all of us it's Again, this would have been pre-internet pre-quotes and memes and all of those yeah. sorts of things. So very visionary. And I know that you incorporate that now into your art. So I want to come back, we'll come around in a few moments and, and talk about that. But and lovely and great too that you were able to then start running your own business again as as the art, as an art dealer. What mm-hmm. then um, then caused you then to move into really painting full time in your in your beautiful home in Hampshire?
1: I think it was some hitting 50 mm-hmm. I think hitting 50 was literally a major point is that up until then the clock the clock had always been ticking upwards the clock had been ticking up to 50 and suddenly then the clock is ticking down mm. and he was like okay so I've had like all this time and then suddenly do, 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 and time really mattered um in a way that I, it was a measurable thing, in a way that I hadn't really appreciated uh, mortality, I suppose. Um, I think you appreciate your mortality in sort of waves, as it were,
0: Mm. you
1: know, up and down and say, oh, well, I really appreciate this or whatever else. But I think generally speaking, um, I just got to the point where did I want to be in the same position I am now in like 10, 15 Mm yes and Mm -hmm. i decided no so i made some major life decision um changes um and um so that was you know that was a sort of marriage situation and um sort of moving on from that um but it was also it was just deciding that i wanted to express myself um and that i wanted to actually give and so having had the dream about the um the buses for such a long time it was to actually say okay you know get off your backside make it happen how are you going to make it happen and so it was all that was sort of weaved into that you've got a you've got to and i've been writing you know since the burnout i was writing every single day for years and years and years and i was writing uplifting messages which now i look back and i am thinking you know my god i was writing that you know 10 10 15 years ago or whatever else But it was for me, it was what I needed. Um, But I was always, again, always too scared to share it because um, I think we have this thing about putting ourselves out there. Um, We all have this absolute fear about putting ourselves out there, about putting our head above the parapet, you know, about being seen, um, about being judged. And so I think it was just hitting 50 was a little bit, do you know what? I didn't have to be polite and go to this drinks party I didn't have to do this or do that I spent my whole blinking life as a marriage being sort of you know not saying I want to be rude but conforming yes and and I think it was literally at that point that I decided that I just wanted to be authentically me and I had been me but I think I just needed to feel that I wanted to express myself and I felt maybe that I had something to give And with the paintings, as much as selling other people's paintings was fabulous and the artists know I love them, um, I also felt that if I died tomorrow and I didn't sell another painting, would I mind? Mm. But if I died tomorrow and hadn't got my message out there or hadn't maybe uplifted a few people along the way, would I mind? Yes, I would
0: very Um, good question such a good question to ask yourself
1: it was just one of those things you know if you Mm -hmm. die what you know what's your legacy Mm -hmm. and it's not a legacy in a big way it was more a legacy to it's like i had it's like i had the magic inside and i wasn't sharing the magic it's like i was keep hiding it yeah
0: it's such an important thing to do isn't it just to you're right to just it's that it isn't, it, it, it's, it's, it's less legacy. It's almost more about that creative expression. Yes, that something inside yeah. you that really needed to come out. And, exactly. you know, you might've been doing that writing since 2006 and that was sort of your, the evolution of that messaging to yourself and then so, you're strong enough and more expanded enough to then bring it out to the world. And, you know, there's, I, I truly believe in divine timing and, and that things are right things you you put things into the world when the time is right for them to come into the world and now's very much the time I think when we when we look all around it's at what's been happening in our world in the last few years Mm. your your messages are absolutely right for this time and people are very open to hearing it and I'm I'm really enjoying this discussion also Lisa around this this idea of putting the head above the parapet and I think it is something in your culture and what i understand it's in your culture and it's definitely in ours and our cultures we've inherited ours, our culture from the uk here in australia and i think it is something that we really need to consciously work with i know it's something and this is one of the reasons i've done this podcast is exactly this you know really don't die with the music in you is really my motto and um and that's why i'm doing this podcast and why i'm wanting to Share stories like yours because it's so important to express and to and to stick our heads above the parapet and realize that they're not going to be knocked off. you know there exactly. is an opportunity exactly. and and I, I do also understand the uh, the time you know an age when we when we hit certain milestones that is also definitely a time when we do think about these things very 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 clearly. A girlfriend of mine said to me, she said a similar thing to you. She said, oh, she said, when I turn 50, I stop worrying about things and I'm much
1: happier. Yep. <laughs> yes, 100%, a 100%. Mm. Because it yes, it you know, and I think the other thing is control, is trying mm. to control other people or whatever or worrying about stuff. I think you just think, it's all going to come out in the wash. Just don't worry about it. Little things that used to become big things, just think, oh, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I think because you've been, you've sort of, you know, had time that you can see the pattern of things and you just think, oh, well, it all worked out in the end. And I think trust is a really, I think there's, there's a couple of things is, there's, is this thing of pushing past fear about, you know, putting your head above the parapet. I think you've got to push past fear. And I think sometimes that we think that fear, is a big thing, like climbing a mountain, or you know, doing a triathlon, or whatever. You know, you like doing the really big stuff, but it isn't. You know, fear is just like, you know, doing your admin that needs doing. I mean, you know, that's my mm-hmm. big thing. I hate admin, yeah. um, and it's like it's just those little steps to get you to where you want to be. And the other thing is that is to focus on what you want as opposed to what you don't want. Absolutely. Um, because I think that's the biggest thing, because if we, if we think about, if we think for a, a nanosecond, what we don't want, okay? Don't give any attention. But then we say, okay, knowing what you don't want tells you what you do want. So rather than like people sometimes say, oh, you know, uh, this is probably sounds like a silly example, but you know, I don't want it to rain today. And then you say, okay, but you're focusing on the rain. Mm. So just say, I want it to be a sunny day today. So you focus yes. on the sun. Mm. So I think we're so used to that pattern of having that, um, we're naturally lazy. And so it's much easier to put the word not in front of things. But, you know, as you and I know that the universe does not understand the word not, it doesn't register, it only understands our vibration. That's and it. so it's so important that the vibration that we're putting out is the vibration that we want to continue backwards and forwards. And that's what we're then going to track back into our lives. And I think that's um, so important um, to take control of our vibration.
0: Absolutely. Well, you're singing my song, sister, you really mm-hmm. are. And it, it's, it's so true. It's everything. And, and from a neuroscience perspective, what we mm-hmm. know from the brain's perspective is that we are, we are hardwired for, for lack and for fear. And it was about surviving on the Savannah and that's yeah. fair and reasonable, but we're no longer on the Savannah. We're in a very different, many of us, some, um, Many, most of us in the Western in, in a fairly good situation, and yeah. so but we've got to be aware that we have got this negativity bias in our brains. And what can we do to balance? And it's almost it's almost like putting ballast in the ship to actually t- to turn it the other way. We've got to yeah. over focus on the positive and and focus on on those vibrations because they're so so important to, yeah. to really to really um, live from that perspective, as you say, the positive perspective as opposed and choosing that perspective rather than focusing on the negative. And even the little little things are the things that can trip us up. It's those small pieces of resistance during the day that can actually stop us from achieving what we want to achieve. So it really sounds to me that in that time of moving into really doing your own, art, you know, painting full time, leaving, you know, starting to really focus on your own art, that was quite a personal breakthrough into your own freedom. Um, what has that breakthrough meant for your life? Um,
1: I think it's a sense of, I think it goes back to a sense of freedom and keeping that inner alignment. Um, I think it's it's a self-awareness. It's been a journey and it didn't suddenly happen. And I think that everything is a process. Everything's journey. Um, you know, if there was one thing that also happened while I was sort of going through this time, um, you know, leaving marriage and all that sort of type, you know, I felt a huge amount of guilt about that and all that sort of stuff. But there was one point um, that, I, that made me realize that we create our own reality through our thoughts was that my son had been, my son had just started university, my youngest son had just started university um, and he was living with his father most of the time when he wasn't at university. And when he was away, I was like as happy as could be, and it was just amazing, and I was so happy that he was off at university, having a great time. And then he, when he would go and be staying with his father, I would go down to a spiral, and I would just like be crying my eyes out because I was thinking, oh, you know, he's not with me, blah, blah, blah. And And then one day I caught myself and I thought, hold on a minute. No, all he's done is move from A to B. Uh, When he was at university, I was as happy. Now, he is obviously just going to where he's going. He's not trying to upset me in any, you know, I never thought that for a second. And so it is me who is making me upset and unhappy through my thoughts And that was a really, you know, a really, that was my aha moment Uh of thinking, I can choose to be happy, or I can choose to be sad. And it's entirely up to me and therefore that's when i was so became so conscious of my thoughts and i thought no it's not that person if somebody says something it's not that it's not that person it's my reaction to what somebody's saying and so that was a sort of deeper I had to sort of iron out all this stuff and clear out all this stuff in order to for my art to be get to where it was was going. Mm. So it had to come from a really clean, pure place. Um, and so now the, my art is 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 a reflection of my vibration, mm. as opposed to um, putting all my hang ups in there. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, And that that was a really cleansing, letting go. And that had to happen. So that was really a sort of transitioning of getting to a place of creating the art from a place of of inner alignment, Mm. because I think uh, the art holds a certain vibration. It holds your frequency, you know, when you paint um, a part of you goes into that painting because you're making something that's not physical physical mm. and your your paint is creating you know you're painting your actions and your energy is going in and you it's up to you what you put in and so i meditate and i take good care of myself i have daily spiritual practice and that holds me solid and grounded so that when i create what i'm putting out there is something that i want to put out that i feel is aligned with me if that so sort of makes sense
0: Absolutely I think you've really described your process beautifully and it's almost your art then can become a transmission of your well your art is a transmission of your vibration and anyone's art is is a transmission of their vibration it's just a choice about what you're wanting to put into the world is what you're saying and that what a fantastic aha moment that you could have with that situation I think sometimes our family members are our greatest teachers. 100%. And, you know, and so for your son, for you to have that interaction and see that really it was nothing to do with where, with him, it was all to do with how you were interpreting the situation. And as humans, we are meaning makers. So what meaning do we want to make out of different situations? But yeah. how wonderful that you could clear your, you know, understand the importance of what you were putting of your vibration so that could then in, could you could see how that would really impact your art. So yes. I guess let's talk now a bit more about your art. And I, I would like to come back to this idea of frequency and vibration. I'd like you, I know you've got some pieces behind you and I'd love to, for us to talk about those. But before we do that, I just wanted to come back to this question about why do you think art is important to us as humanity? You're an artist. I'd love to hear your views on that.
1: I think art... It's about transcendence, transcendence. Um, I think art can take us somewhere else. I think it can take us beyond the physical. I think it can just, it's not, it's not like words that people like going back have different interpretations. Art is so subjective Mm. Um, and I think color for me, color is always uplifting and it's a connection. And I think it's about a connection that, we need we need to feel that there's something else, there's something more, and there is just something very powerful about it. Mm-hmm. That you know, so going around Rothko, I remember going around a Rothko exhibition, um oh, quite a few years ago in the Tate, and you know, he talks about people wanting emotionally feel his work, and I really, really did. You know, some of the work sort of, you know, wasn't steering up you know but I you know I I I was crying you know I felt it Mm. and I think I think paintings and art have that sense of connection um Mm -hmm. that we can't really put our finger on but it's about taking us to another place and I think it's an escapism or it's taking us to another and sort of recon I didn't even say it's a reconnection to ourselves but my art is about that that's me personally um but I think it's it's seeing something deeper Mm. I think it's um and I don't know whether it is its color or but it is something about this thing about transcending it's just Um. going to another place um Mm. And so it's, that's why art is important.
0: Oh, I, lo- I love that. I love to hear that from you. And what you're saying there, I think, is that it's about seeing the world through another person's eyes, really. There's another perspective again. And, and then how their perspective as they've decided to share it, but then, as you've said, it's also subjective how
1: I might interpret mm. it. No, it, 100%. Mm. I think, yes, it is seeing how they're, but it's totally, it's, they've done it, but it's totally per- subjective to you, the viewer because, um, you know, I do paintings and somebody says, oh, I see that and I see that and I see, oh my God, that's an angel. And that's my thing. Oh, I hadn't seen that. And then somebody says that. So I think that once the work is created, it's like the artist completely getting out of the way. Mm. And it's not about, I mean, the artist is only starting a dialogue. That's, That's what they're doing. They're starting a dialogue sort of like maybe an inner dialogue or whatever else and a feeling, but it's really... It's it's less so about the artist; it is more the viewer and what they get out of it. Mm. Um, and I think that's that's the thing because what I found is that with some of my work, I, I actually I'll just grab something and show you because ha- this wasn't planned. Mm. Um, that's even a bit dusty. There we go. So that I, I'll hold it up. Um, but this, oh, it'll be back to front, but it says love.
0: If it says love properly, I can see it saying love as well. Oh, you can so, see it, just me, what, yeah. Okay. So for people okay. who are listening, um, perhaps you want to describe yeah. what you're
1: holding up, Lisa. Okay, so it's a wooden painted bottle, um, which sounds very strange, but it's actually a sculpture, which looks like a sort of rounded shape of a bottle. Now, the reason for picking it up was to show you the colour. So on the front of the bottle, it says love. Mm -hmm. And basically it's um, my handwriting, which I printed in 3D in um, which I've then hand gilded in platinum. So it's platinum on the um, stopper and the platinum in the writing. And then on the back, it has a crystal in the back, which says you matter. And it has a rose quartz heart in the back. Now, my reason for picking it up was just to demonstrate the um, colour scenario. Mm -hmm. So I asked a lot of people. Um, before I made it, I'm going to just hold it there for a second for the colour. What colour love represented to them? What colour they thought of love? Well, this is a mixture of everybody's colours. So one person said red, one person said pink, one person said white, which I wouldn't know how that one, one person said silver and one person said purple. And so this was a mixture. So I mixed all those colours to make this colour. Beautiful. Ah, amazing. Amazing. But the point being is that... I started to put words in writing in a lot of my work, but what I was realizing that actually it's so uh, open into personal interpretation. So if I use, I mean, I think love is probably about the only safe one that somebody isn't, you know, it's the only straight, safe one. Love is love, end of story. But you know, other people can interpretations and other words and meanings. So that's why I'm going back to. I, I pick that as example to say that it's our personal interpretation because I had other bottles where I'd written different words and people say oh no but no I see that of that color oh no that's I you know and I don't see serenity as blue I see serenity as sort of purple or white or whatever else and and so therefore that's when I pulled back a little bit because it's only my own interpretation I want it to be I want it to be inclusive so that people have their own interpretation and that's really what my work now is about is that I create it, but I want people to put their own interpretations on. Beautiful. Oh. You're really creating something for,
0: for others to to come in and enjoy, but to to take into their lives in a way that works best for them. Yeah. So that, you have this process of really infusing frequency and vibration into your art process. Could you share a little bit of that with us, whatever you're comfortable sharing
1: yeah well yes obviously um I take care of my own vibration and that's sort of by meditation um and appreciation and I call it appreciation rather than gratitude because gratitude is a little bit like sort of like um eat up your vegetables you should be grateful sort of type things you know sort of type thing was appreciation is where you actually really appreciate life you know whether it's you know hot water or electricity or whatever you've got is I go through a daily process um of appreciation and, and intentions and everything else and that is and meditation is all part of the daily my daily practice and um the other part of the actual physical painting is i use high vibrational paints which are made in in switzerland mm-hmm. and like homeopathy they have a um you know they have a frequency um in you know they have a way of holding the frequency they actually have scientists working on it so that the water that is used in the paints have they have music they have essences they have you know everything positive you know imbued into the paint so that there is a certain frequency I also create my own blend of flower British flower essences which I then um, add to the paint as well and um, and then everything sort of all comes together, but it's the quality of, you know, the paints really help of of keeping it at high vibration. And I, it was that everything other paints, when I was starting to paint, they all had this toxic warning, you know, they had in the back warning toxic carcinogenic, you know, and I'm thinking, Oh my God, I want to work with that. I only want to work with something that is really, you know, harmonious to my, to me and my health and wellbeing. And, um, and so I, d- I did a long search and then I found, um, found the paints that I loved. I went to the factory in Switzerland. Um, everything that they put back in is just pure water. There are, there's no toxicity, you know. So I actually went in great depth before I decided which paints I was going to use. Um, And so I use the paints, you know, to just, you know, as gessos and primers underneath, it's all by there, it's all water based. So it's all very pure. So it's not giving out any sort of toxic fumes or whatever else. And, you know, my hands are nearly always covered in paint or, you know, and I stick a paintbrush in my mouth quite often and it doesn't matter, you know, so it's that feeling of, and sometimes I work with my hand on my paintings and stuff. And so that was really important to me, Mm -hmm. that there wasn't a barrier. It was again, me being connected with the um with the artwork oh wow that's that's incredible
0: and as I said as, as an artist myself I I actually like you I really enjoy mark making on the canvas and I often use my hands but and I've yes. been given that warning about not um not being careful of the toxicity of the paint so if you yes. can perhaps share with us or we share in the show notes the name of that paint that you use because I think it's yes. wonderful to Open that up uh, for other people to be able to because if they've got had the intention of not only creating safe paint but highly vib- high vibration paint. I mean, how beautiful would that be to paint? Would that be to, to exactly?
1: Yeah, and the experience is so much. The experience is so much rewarding for everybody. Mm. Um, so they make they make art therapy. They make paint for art therapy um but they use and which they basically you know talk a lot about that and whereas they still use all the frequencies and everything gives them to all the regular paint about it I mean they 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 don't speak about it probably quite as much as I do but I know what goes into it mm. um but yeah no they're absolutely brilliant yeah
0: sounds sounds fantastic and I just love your practice in terms of your own vibration but then what happens in terms of your your actual process of 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 you and of using that paint but also so you create your own flower essences because we've got Australian bush flower essences which are very popular
1: here oh yes no I have something I just may I just say what I want to go in oh right okay so and, I say yes can you put a bit of rose and can you put a bit of this and can you put a bit of that and then mix that in
0: how beautiful is that and then do you choose essences to go with the intention of the painting that you're about to paint
1: No, I tend to have one universal one, which is basically sort of all the chakras. Mm -hmm. And it's just basically the idea of sort of cleansing all the chakras. Mm -hmm. So it's just one blend that I pick. So I don't change it according to the pitch painting. I just tend to have one that I use.
0: Oh, beautiful. Oh, just it's a holistic process, your art. Yeah, exactly.
1: It is. It's it's all part of the whole. Mm -hmm. And the painting behind me, that one, if you can see that one obviously people on the podcast can't see but it's circles and really the way to explain that this is something new that I've been doing um, which is basically about finding a way that I sort of call them potentiality paintings and it's up to you to pick a circle of color so so I'll describe the people that can't see it so basically um the inner circle is sort of like gold um going out to orange and then sort of silvery white and then orange and then another silver and yellow so there's bands of colors but rather like I see them as um like emotional vision boards Mm -hmm. in that you decide what you want each band to represent so that you're focusing on um the potentiality of having something in your life so if you want more love in your life if you want more peace in your life if you want more joy in your life then that represents that but it's not but the the key is to, to 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 be looking for it in your everyday, rather than rather than looking for the lack not saying I want to have more love not saying I want to it's about being it's about being um more peaceful it's about being more so it's a reminder of your potentiality of going to where you want to be and just um holding in on to that if that makes sense so this is sort of the feeling. this is really this goes right back to the buses um. Um, because it's that it's 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 trying to express it in another way without spelling it out then people get to decide how they want to feel and how they want to be and you have to get you have to be um ahead of your vibration you know you have to create it ahead of time so you're then attracting it back absolutely Um, and i see us rather like um vibrational radios you know i see us as living breathing radios so we're sending out frequencies bouncing back. And so therefore you can't suddenly be on frequency um, sending out, oh, I'm really fed up with that and angry with that person and expect all love and light and coming back. You know, you've got to be sending, whatever you're going to be sending out, you're going to be bouncing back. And so therefore that the the bands of color are very much for people to be, you know, it, it takes a bit of work and effort, like anything does to say, okay, you know, I want to consciously, you know, have more alignment in my life where I want to feel more ease and flow? Where am I, you know, where am I creating that? Mm. So this is where I'm saying that it goes back to the person. So visually, you know, I hope it's visually beautiful um, because obviously, you know, it goes back again to the BMWs and whatever else, you know, colour, beauty, design, you know, I wanted to look good. But it's not enough for me that they're just purely decorative.
0: No.
1: I have to, this goes back to wanting to, express myself but to give something back more and so it needs to go deeper and therefore it's up to people what they choose and it's up to them whether they whether they put the work in I think vibrationally they've got good vibrations um anyway whether or not you decide to do anything, anything with them but I think the key is this sense of that we do have a choice
0: absolutely
1: you know? yeah absolutely
0: and what, what I'd like to say we will definitely want to point people to your Instagram because you've been sharing these new paintings on Instagram mm. recently and the, the the concentric circles that are on this painting that we're, we can, if you what you could watch this on YouTube, actually, if you listening to the podcast, you could come and have a look at this on YouTube. The, this will be on, on video there, but the concentric circles are very meditative. So there are really, when you talk about them being an emotional vision board, it is, there's something that you could look at and really meditate upon for, Quite a period of time. It's like the candle meditation that we can do
1: to really
0: um, become very still and silent within. And I love what you're saying there in terms of the concentric circles. I, as the viewer, can interpret them with the energy that I'm looking for, and all those energy or the or the the frequency that I'm I'm wanting to to have in my life. And you're right. We we are radio transmitters. We are putting uh, whatever we we're, we're drawing in thoughts and Mm -hmm. vibrations based on our current thought and vibration so this is a really beautiful tool that you've created that people could use to to move towards something that they would like and um that's the beauty this is beautiful this one it all in the sunny yellows i think Mm -hmm. there was one you did around new year where to me my interpretation of it and it's on on lisa's instagram where it's like you are looking through a portal to the future, it's all in greens yeah and it's incredibly evocative it's it, there's a lot to it, particularly after you look at it for a while. so mm-hmm. that's just my my interpretation, but it's beautiful work, Lisa it really, really is and,
1: and they think, change when you move when you walk they change you know when you move they change
0: yeah, it's just it's they're just amazing change. and I think I also think not putting the words on them, you're right. it allows people to interpret and be open to what they want to receive having said that I love your your word art as well so it's it's just amazing we are almost at the top of the hour I can't believe how our time has flown today but just to one one more question and then finally how people can reach out and connect with you but this has been a, a really wonderful conversation and I want to thank you for your time in terms of your journey through art your journey back to art and you as yeah. you say it's almost this full circle how interesting you're now doing these okay. concentric circular paintings okay. and we're yep. talking about the full circle of your artistic career and there's obviously and the beauty of circles is they can go on and on and on and there's there's so true. much there's endless possibilities and uh, you know I'm so, I'm very excited about what your what future art you'll be offering us but you have really shared with us the journey of an artist, and to to now being a successful artist in your own right and selling your works and 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 making a living in this space. And I'm sure there are probably one or two people listening to this podcast who may be budding artists may have that expression, that creativity inside that they may want to send out to the world. They may not be artists; you might be a writer, or a poet, singer, musician, whatever it is. Mm. Do you have any just a t- any tips that you would give to someone who's got that, particularly that artistic creativity, who wants to is who's scared to put their head over the parapet? We've we've had a really good discussion today about emerging from the chrysalis and, and being the artist. Any tips for, for people? Yeah, thinking I, about embarking on that.
1: Yeah, it's I th- I think it's 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 so many different things. I think I think keeping a sense of awe awe in about everything about you about life keeps you in a place of keeping on moving forward and following your inspiration i think it's so important to keep in that sort of awe and appreciation what i mentioned earlier about appreciate but the awe is keep that inside you is don't is to understand that that whatever dream you've got that dream chose you no.
0: um
1: and other And sometimes you need to keep that dream bubbling up and you don't share it with other people because Mm -hmm. sometimes you share your dream and somebody else will say, oh, well, that's not going to work because that, because that, and suddenly, boom, you're back down. And so sometimes I would say from a creative point, keep that dream bubbling away Um, and also always look at ways of thinking outside the box, how you can share it's either whether it's art or music and other ways that nobody else is doing so Mm -hmm. collaborations of whether it's you know putting your art on getting it printed and putting it on a, a, a you know shop that's closed down or something like that you know find ways to be giving not not giving physically giving but just sharing in a way that feels aligned with you um and i think you've got to you know courage is a muscle i think you've mm-hmm. got to keep on exercising your courage muscle mm-hmm. and just keep on putting it. and the other final thing i'd say is the materials matter you've got to use good materials i'm sorry
0: mm-hmm. um
1: but you know you have your materials make you make your work and um so i would rather have have enough money to buy to paint one painting than i would to paint hundreds um, well that's not quite true but you know what I mean but it's just sort of it, that sort of type thing on the on the materials I think does matter but most important is just stay connected to you to trust mm-hmm. and to remember that your dream and whatever it is you know it shows you and that's I think that's just stay centered in that place
0: Oh what beautiful mm-hmm. advice. I love that, that that dream chose you. And it is so true. It's 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 this energy that's bubbling up inside you. And um, I think this the the practice of meditation is so important that daily spiritual practice that you mentioned, Lisa, yes. to keep that connection and to allow those inspiring ideas to come up. I, I mean, yes. I, I love that you said that these paintings you're doing now are the the next evolution of the bus the bus yes. message idea. They look nothing yes. like that but that's the notion and you've allowed that to come out and your meditative practice has has probably fostered that with, is that a fair thing to say?
1: Oh, a hundred percent. No meditation, a hundred percent. Yes. is Mm -hmm. absolutely key. My daily practice um, meditation is without a doubt um, the key to just getting grounded and centered Um, and just a connection to self. I think that's what it's all about. And as I'm looking at it now, I mean, what I can easily do is, is try and take a very, not, I wouldn't, um, i can take a good photograph of that and people on my website i can put it i have free downloads on my website and if people would like that one that we're talking about that obviously on podcast somebody can't see but i can i can put that up i haven't photographed it professionally yet let's I can do that. that
0: i think that would be lovely because it's been such a such a, a topic of discussion today and does that painting have a name just so that, people-
1: that one, yes so that one is called sunshine
0: sunshine i thought it was sunshine yes beautiful so look out for sunshine and On Lisa, where is the best place for people to connect with you? Is it on your website, Instagram? Where, where, where? Thank you for joining me on this episode of Your Freedom Um, Unlimited. If you like this show, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate beautiful. and review all, all Your Freedom Unlimited on, the show, on your favourite podcast player. And follow your word. If you and, have any um, questions, comments I'm or feedback, you can reach your work, me directly Lisa, at jenramsey.com. Thanks you're writing and sharing more about Thanks for it, for listening. such a beautiful process of unfolding. So I want to thank you so much today for sharing your heart with us and sharing your journey and showing how that it is really possible to that you when we've got this far inside of us it is possible to come back to that and to really ignite it and then to live it so thank you for your time I really really appreciate it and um, I'm looking forward to talking to you again soon my pleasure
1: my pleasure lovely to chat take good care thank you and you